everyone, my name is Adelia Volkanov and I'm here in person with my friend and co-host Colin Bones. Hi. This is episode 59 of Ron and Hermione Minus the Romance and we will be diving into chapters 29 and 30 from Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Last episode I won trivia and I'll give you the question of the day after a few disclaimers. We'd like to first and foremost disclaim that we on Ron and Hermione Minus the Romance do not agree with or support J.K. Rowling's bigotry and prejudice in any way. We do not tolerate hatred of any kind and wish to create an open, safe environment on our podcast. Everyone is welcome and encouraged to listen here. This is your major spoiler warning. If you do not wish to hear anything beyond this point in the Harry Potter books discussed, this is not the podcast for you. We will be discussing and heavily referencing all media in the Harry Potter magical universe in every episode, so if this is your first encounter with the Harry Potter world, you have been forewarned. Now, if you're still here, enjoy the show! Today, Colin and I are, well, somewhat determined to try and finish recording all of Order of the Phoenix. In one day. Yeah, which, including this episode, is six episodes. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, but technically we could just, like, stay up. We should record a midnight edition today, I think. Sure. Awesome. Okay, great. Um, oh, right. You're crabby. What? You get crabby. I do not. <laughs> yes, you do. What do you mean? Like, You're like, like I want to sleep. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say crabby. Just like, tired. <laughs> How would you describe it? <laughs> I don't know. Like me, but just like more tired. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Alright, the question of the day. I stopped reading my notes. The only one I could think of was if you could think up your own, like, insane prank to pull on Umbridge like Fred and George did before they left, what would you do? You've, like, basically asked the same question before. I don't care. Um. Oh, gee. (laughs) Um. I guess I would. Sorry. Adelia has two new cats. Did you There's, see that last night episode? Did I? I'm not I sure. Know. If she comes close enough, I might grab her. Come here. Come here. Oh, dang it. She escaped. Okay, so <laughs> I would um, break all her cat plates. Pranked. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> that feels really like personal but in the funniest way like imagine like she just comes back and all of her cat plates are broken exactly i feel like it would scare me because they move i would be like i would like convince myself that they were like real <laughs> so yeah i that feel makes like me really scared <laughs> <For> like <laughs> i feel like it's debatable like the consciousness of like paintings and portraits and stuff because like yeah <laughs> that's kind of scary yeah. um I feel like people could have used, like, the lake and, like, the giant squid more in pranks. <laughs> like, no one ever, like, 
I don't know. I feel like Umbridge is one of those people that deserves to be thrown in the lake. So, so true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Colin is taking plot notes today, or did take plot notes today, so... You hope? Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's go, right? Yeah. Okay. Harry is grappling with the fact that his dad is an asshole. Um... <laughs> Harry sees sees Ginny after Quidditch practice and she gives him an Easter egg from Mrs. Weasley and he starts Uh. to cry because he's very (laughs) emotional right now and he wants to talk to Sirius. Okay, wait. I I talk about this in another uh, like chapter in this the rest of this book, but like you were completely right. Remember that like time like forever ago when you said that they never explicitly say when a guy is crying. They always say, yes. like, related... Here, didn't they say something like he felt like a lump in his throat <laughs> yeah. instead of saying that yeah. he was crying? Yeah. And it's like... And there's another moment, like, I'm sure we'll get to it because we're recording all of this today, but, like, they did that again, and I think it was, like, after Sirius died, and they wouldn't say that Harry was crying. Right. But they were just kind of, like... She was just kind of dancing around it. I'm like, why wouldn't you just... Why? Dumbledore gets to cry. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's because he's a weak old man. <laughs> right. <laughs> or maybe because he's a gay. <laughs> oh, <I laughs> They're <forgot>. fragile. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think JK did, too, to be honest. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe, you know how she didn't say that Dumbledore was gay until, like, after everything was, like, done? Maybe this was, like, (laughs) she's writing that chapter, and she's like, you know what? I know a way to tell them without actually having to say anything. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Um, So I actually have a question about, like, Easter in England slash Europe, because I'm kind of confused how Easter eggs are treated in Harry Potter, because, like, maybe it's just a wizard thing (laughs) because they go to a boarding school, but I've never heard of people sending eggs to each other. I, and it I happens mean, a lot in here. Um, I've only ever heard of, like, <laughs> Easter egg hunts. Uh, I don't know. I've oh. never sent an egg to anyone either. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's my cat. They have bells on their collars, which I think is adorable, actually. Um, um, not great for recording, though. No, it's okay. No, it's fine. We've had worse. <laughs> At the time, we thought it would be a really good idea to not say the letter G or something. And, like, the lemon juice? Yes. Yeah. That was one of our worst ideas. It was funny, though. What was that? I have no idea. (laughs) Okay. Um, Great. So they learn, with owls coming up, all the students are having private sessions with their heads of house. Oh, wait. I think I forgot to say a lot of things. Um, Well, I think at the beginning of the chapter, they say that in Umbridge's class, they're reading chapter 34. How has it taken them a whole year with, like, having her class almost every day to read 34 chapters? That just seemed Um, weird to me. Honestly, knowing her, she'd probably, like, come to class and be like, you know what, we're going to read chapter 5 again. Maybe this is a little too more realistic, but I feel like teachers just kind of dance around chapters. You know what I mean? Like, they skip chapters, they go back to chapters. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Oh, wait, I was going to say something about James. Like, I said this in the last episode we recorded, but I kind of feel that in a lot of ways people still judge him too harshly. Like, 
everything's... I'm sorry, I heard Tom Riddle, and I was like, oh, interesting <laughs> take. Yeah, <laughs> he might have killed his parents, yeah. <laughs> but, like, whatever. Oh, wait. Hold on. Was the last chapter where... Nope, never mind. I said that too early. So, anyways, I will come back to that thought later. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for your input. <laughs> You're welcome. Um... Harry meets with Fred and George because Ginny told them he wanted to talk with Sirius and they say that they will cause a diversion so Harry can talk to Sirius in Umbridge's office. Office. <laughs> office. Um, then we have an iconic scene with Harry meeting with McGonagall. Oh my god, it's for career so advice. good. And Umbridge happens to be in the room and I've decided that I wanted to read this. Yeah, so maybe I should have prepared what chapter this is, but um. 29, I'm assuming. Well, I know it's chapter 29. (laughs) Open the book to that. Um, I may have actually bookmarked it because all my Harry Potter books are bookmarked on things that were either like funny, important, like whatever. Oops. Wait. This is a lot of pressure. I would also advise transfiguration because auras frequently need to transfigure or untransfigure in their work. And I have to tell you now, Potter, that I do not accept students into my new classes unless they have achieved exceeds expectation or higher at ordinary visitor level. I think that every person <laughs> from the UK just clicked off. <laughs> Scotland in the UK? <laughs> yes. Okay. Unless I'm an idiot. Um. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was about to say, like... <laughs> um, I'd say you're averaging acceptable at the moment, so you'll need to put in some good hard work before the exams. Wait, is to... McGonagall Scottish? I'm pretty sure Maggie Smith is Scottish. I don't know. <laughs> well, sh- maybe she has an accent. I don't know. She's from East London. This does not matter. Um, then Go you... ahead. <laughs> Then you ought to do charms, always useful, and potions. Yes, Potter potions, she added. Yes, Potter potions! (laughs) Poisons and antidotes are essential study for orders, and I must tell you that Professor Snape absolutely refuses to take students who get anything other than outstanding in their owls, so Professor Umbridge gave her most pronounced cough yet. May I offer you a cough drop, Dolores? Professor McGonagall asked curtly, without looking at Professor Umbridge. Oh no, thank you very much, said Umbridge, with that simpering laugh. Here he is. <laughs> I just wondered whether I could make the teensiest interruption with nervous. I dare say you'll find you can, said Professor McGonagall through tightly gritted teeth. I was just wondering whether... Mr. Potter has quite the temperament for an oar, said Professor Umbridge sweetly. Were you? said Professor McGonagall hotly. Well, Potter, she continued as though there had been no interruption. If you are serious in this ambition, I would advise you to concentrate hard on bringing your transfiguration and potions up to scratch. I see Professor Flitwick has graded you between acceptable and exceeds expectations for the last two years, so your charm marks seem satisfactory. As for defense against the dark arts, your marks have been generally high. Professor Lupin, in particular, though, are you quite sure you wouldn't like a cough drop, Dolores? (laughs) Oh, no, me. Thank you, Minerva, snippered Professor Umbridge, who had coughed her loudest yet. I was just concerned that you might not have had Harry's most recent defense against the dark arts marks in front of you. I'm quite sure I slipped in a note. Okay, but what assignments have they even been doing in that class? Like 
What? This thing, said Professor McGonagall in a tone of revulsion as she pulled a sheet of pink parchment from between the leaves of Harry's folder. She glanced down it, her eyebrows slightly raised, and placed it back into the folder without comment. Yes, as I was saying, Potter, Professor Lupin thought you showed a pronounced aptitude for the subject, and obviously for an horror. Did you not understand my note, Minerva? asked Professor Umbridge in honeyed tones, quite forgetting to cough. Of course I've understood it, said Professor McGonagall, her teeth clenched so tightly that the words came out a little muffled. Well then, I'm confused. I'm afraid I don't quite understand how you can give po Mr. Potter false hope that... False hope, repeated Professor McGonagall, still refusing to look round at Professor Umbridge. He has achieved high marks in all his defense against dark arts tests. I'm terribly sorry to have to contradict you, Minerva, but as you will see from my note, Harry has been achieving very poor results in his classes with me. I should have made my meaning plainer, said Professor McGonagall, turning at last to look Umbridge directly in the eyes. He's achieved high marks in all defense against the dark arts test set by a competent teacher. Professor... Ooh! Ooh. <laughs> Professor Umbridge's smile vanished as suddenly as a light bulb's blowing. She sat back in her chair, turned a sheet on her clipboard, and began scribbling very fast indeed, her bulging eyes rolling from side to side. Professor McGonagall turned back to Harry, her thin nostrils flared, her eyes burning. Any questions, Potter? Yes, said Harry. <laughs> what sort of character and aptitude tests do the Ministry do on you if you get, if you get enough newts? Well, you'll need to demonstrate the ability to react well... So, to pressure and so forth, said Professor McGonagall. Perseverance and dedication, because aura training takes a further th three years, not to mention very high skills in practical defense. It will mean a lot more study even after you've left school, so unless you're prepared to... I think you'll also find, said Umbridge, her voice very cold now, that the Ministry looks into the records of those applying to be aurors. They're criminal records. Unless you're prepared to take even more exams after Hogwarts, you really should look at another. Which means that this boy has as much chance of becoming an Auror as Dumbledore has of ever returning to this school. A very good chance, then, <laughs> said Professor McGonagall. Potter has a criminal record, said Umbridge loudly. Potter has been cleared of all charges, said Professor McGonagall even more loudly. Professor Umbridge stood up. She was so short that this does not make a great deal of difference, but her fussy, simpering demeanor had given place to a hard fury that made her broad, flabby face look oddly sinister. That's like the worst adjective. <laughs> <laughs> Potter has no chance whatsoever of becoming an Auror. Professor McGonagall got to her feet too, and in her case, this was a much more impressive move. She towered over Professor Umbridge. Potter, she said in ringing tones. I will assist you to become an Auror if it's the last thing I do. If I have to coach you nightly, I will make sure you achieve the required results. The Ministry of Magic will never employ Harry Potter, said Umbridge, her voice rising furiously. There may well be a new Minister of Magic by the time Potter is ready to join, shouted Professor McGonagall. Aha, shrieked Professor Umbridge, pointing a stubby finger at McGonagall. Yes, 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 of course. That's what you want, isn't it, Minerva McGonagall? You want Cornelius Fudge replaced by Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> it looks like it says replaced by AI. <laughs> you think you'll be where I am, don't you? Senior undersecretary to the minister and headmistress to boot. You are raving, said Professor McGonagall, suburbly disdainful. Potter, that concludes our career cons consultation. And then that's, that's all I'm going to do. Thank you so much. <laughs> Take yep. that. Yep. Yep. God, it's so hot. Um, I'm not going to turn the fan off. Um, <laughs> hey.
Harry meets with Sirius and Lupin in the fireplace, and they talk about James, and they basically say he was 15. Everyone is an asshole when they are 15, which could not be more true. Um, then Harry learns what Fred and George's diversion was. But which... wait, this is where I was supposed okay. to say the note about James. Awesome. But, like, essentially, I yeah, I think people judge James too harshly. I think that also people tend to make too many allowances for people being young. Like, oh my god, everyone sucks when they're young. Not necessarily true. However, <laughs> like, I think everything Sirius said in the chapter is true. Like, a lot of people, like, are obnoxious <laughs> when they're kids. I was probably, like the worst person in the world in middle school like I can't even think about it without like cringing at myself and it's like and it's not okay and if you're consciously horrible and just because like and you're like oh it's fine because I'm young like that's not right but at the same time it's like James grew up and he got better which I think is what matters like Snape never did that and yet he's still acting like the victim like I'm sure that affected him in a lot of ways because like if you got hung upside down, like, in front of the entire school and you weren't wearing anything under a robe, I'm sure you would think about that for the rest of your life. Yeah. But, like, if you continue to be vindictive and spiteful for the rest of your life, like, literally until the moment you died, like, that doesn't make you better. Like, he wasn't better than James because he treated himself like a victim, I think. So, yeah. Harry then Harry learns what Fred and George's diversion was, which was turning the corridor into a swamp. Um, this has always kind of confused it's me. It's so random. Because it's mentioned, like, that there's, a, like, a lot of water, right? That, like, Filch is, like, having to move students through it, you know? Um, how does that work? Like, that would have to turn, mud. like, the entire floor into water. I thought it was water. just mud. I thought it was water. Because it's, like, a swamp. I feel like there has to be water for there to be a swamp. I have no idea. I thought, wait, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just confused. For some reason, I just have the image of, like, Filch, like, on a canoe with a bunch <laughs> of students just, like, well, rowing them back and forth across the hall. It did say that he was, like, throwing students across Punting them. It. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But actually, um, punting means something different. <laughs> so okay. it does not, not like, mean that they're li- he's literally throwing them. Or maybe not just England. Maybe it's just the word. I don't know. It okay. means something different, I think. Okay. Where is it? Um, where does it describe the swamp? Um, um, I'm not sure. <laughs> Get out, me swamp. A lot of Scottish <laughs> people today. If you had the chance to change your fate, Jesus. would ya? <laughs> Um, I think I have a great McGonagall impression. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Great conclusion to that question. Yep. <laughs> um, anyways, Fred and George take off on broomsticks and they tell Peeves to give Umbridge hell. That's the best thing ever. And the fact that he does it too. Like, <laughs> it's so good. Yep. Um, why did Dumbledore never have Filch fired? Like, he's been begging to hang students up by their ankles and, like, whip them for, like, his entire career. And Dumbledore was like, meh. Like, whatever. I mean, I guess he's just being nice. (laughs) You know? Like, he's not going to get, be able to be with wizards in any other setting. True. That's, like, sad, but also, like, 
Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Um, chapter 30. Grop. Woohoo! Yay. Um, I always was so... I remember vividly reading this chapter for the first time and seeing the art and um, truly being so baffled that it was just a pile of rocks. So I feel like the person who did it was a great artist because they encapsulated exactly what it said on the page. Yeah. I truly thought it was just a pile of rocks. Um, people have started taking up Fred and George's legacy now that they are gone and pulling a bunch of pranks on Umbridge and none of the teachers are helping which is hilarious I love that um, so on the day of the next Quidditch match which is Gryffindor versus Ravenclaw Harry and Hermione are ushered over by Hagrid into the Forbidden Forest that can't be good so they go into the forest and there is Grop who they discover is Hagrid's half-brother, who Hagrid brought home from him, from his adventures with the giants. Like, Hagrid is great and all, but he has no sense when it comes to that. But also, it's like, I I cannot believe that he forced an actual giant to come home with him. I, I, I can't talk about this. I hate, I hate Grop. Like, not from, like, an actual, like, character perspective, but from, like, an actual just, like, looking at the plot of this book. Like, it is so unnecessary. And it makes me, like, violently angry. Because there's no point. Like, this plot never gets resolved. Ever. So why is he here? Why should I care? And if all the things that they could have included in the movie, they decided to keep Grop. The most unnecessary part. And it looks like garbage, too, in the movie. <laughs> so I don't know why they decided to do that. I think the funniest thing ever is that if they didn't know Hagrid that well, it would totally seem like he was taking them into the forest to kill them. Yeah, well, <laughs> they could have died. Like, there was centaur stuff that I did not even write down because I didn't think it was that important either. Um, they're just mad. It's okay. They're just mad and they want to kill humans, which is the same state they've been in the enti- this yeah. entire book series. So Evolve. Like, right. geez. Um, okay, also, I, I will never understand how Hagrid's parents got together. Because, like, right. his half-brother's, like, full giant, but he's, like, a runt, apparently. Which, why? Why? Maybe it's supposed to have us believe that Hagrid's mother is also, like, kind of a runt, which would make it make a little bit more sense for how she got with an actual human. No, but I, it still... No, it doesn't, because Grop is 20 feet tall, even though he's, like, on the smaller side. So I'm assuming Hagrid's mother, who's, like, a full giant, is, like, larger than that. And you that just what? begs Maybe the question. something like, we have never considered before. Maybe giants do not produce the same as humans. I hope not. Because, what? Maybe it's a fish situation. Maybe Hagrid's dad fertilized his mother's eggs. What, in a Petri dish? Like, what? Well, I assume they're huge eggs. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, okay, I don't even want to talk about this. Because it's so weird. But at the same time, it's like, why? Like, it's so... Hi! Hello! Oh! Okay. Um... That was my cat, by the way. <laughs> I refuse to talk anymore about Grop. So, they leave the forest. Great. Oh, well, I mean, just in case, for say? some reason, someone hasn't read the book and they're listening. Basically, Hagrid asked if Hermione and Harry, and also Ron, if he agreed, would teach Grop English and keep him company if Hagrid were to get fired. And Which, 
Why? Yep. Um, so they leave the forest and they overhear just over the mountain top singing the same old Weasley is our king song. But this time, Harry perks up his ears and him <laughs> and Hermione realize this time it's different. Oh my god. And they discover that the other houses <laughs> have bound together to come up with a new motivational version of Weasley is our king to sing, orchestrated by Luna Lovegood, of course. Yeah. Um, you should do voiceovers the for best the end part of, of like, teen chapter. I like I hate this chapter for basically everything else. Yeah. But the specific moment. It's so good. Um, so they meet up with Ron to realize that they won the Quidditch match. Gryffindor Yay. won. Yay. And Harry and Hermione don't have the heart to tell Ron they weren't there to see it, which I think is devastating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Time for trivia. Time for trivia. Okay. What can you do? <laughs> Sorry. Um, are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> what were... Oh, okay. <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> what were Fred and George's fireworks called? <laughs> I just did my chapter 30 question first. It's fine. Wait. Like be more specific like the brand or the specific like the brand dr filibuster no like they invented it themselves like, oh you're theirs. right they just said oh they like put them out of business um i swear i almost wrote this down and i don't think it's there mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like i did write this down where is it <laughs> Don't go searching. Uh, well, okay, fine. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna be really upset when you tell me because I. Fred and George's wildfire whiz bangs. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, what time is Fred and George's diversion planned for? Five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Is it actually? Yeah. Shut up! Oh <laughs> my god! Good job. I can't believe that. <laughs> I got no you win. Standard time. They use it for just about everything. Shut up. Let me have this. <laughs> I'm not saying that in any way. What is chapter 34 of Defensive Magical Theory? Oh. Isn't it like non-retaliation and something? Yeah. Wait, it's it rhymes and it's stupid. It's not relaxation. Um, <laughs> mediation? If it's relaxation, I'm going to cry. It's not, though. Is it? That's just going to be my final guess. It's not. Yeah, no. Um, You should get a half a point, though. Um, Non-retaliation in negotiation. Um, fill in the blanks. The sky was a clear blank blank blue. Two adjectives for blue. Um, mesmerizing? No. No, that's, uh, that is an adjective. It is, yeah. Um. It's actually a noun. I'm assuming it's a descriptor of the blue. Right, an adjective. (laughs) No, I I, I, I mean, like, is it like, it's, 
Is it like, is it like saying like it's pretty or is it just saying like this is the type of blue it is? You could argue both. Awesome. <laughs> just remember that you have a point. So if you guess more than twice. Okay, well then I'm done. No, no, no. You can guess one more time because there's two blanks. So it's like one for each, which is two okay. guesses. So. Uh, sparkling? I don't know why I no. think it's so pretty. Um, Sorry. Um, no, it's the sky was a clear, misty, opalescent blue. Ooh. Yeah. Good word. Yeah. Um... What substance did it look like a lot of kids were covered in because of Fred and George? Oh, yes. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry, is this after the swamp thing? Um, or the fireworks? Swamp. Slime? I, that's, I don't know. <laughs> Is that your friend again? Yeah. Stink sap. Oh, I forgot about that stuff. <laughs> that's bad. Yeah. Um, okay, this one's kind of weird. Um, so I can rephrase it if you need me to. Okay. Or like read the actual sentence. Got it. How many minutes is it said that Seamus checked his cauldron for leaks because Hermione was, like, hissing at Harry, telling him not to break into Umbridge's office, like, whispering so low that it sounded like his cauldron was hissing, and it said he checked for leaks for how many minutes? Five. Yes. It's five every time? Yeah. Oh, my God. Five's my new lucky number. <laughs> five's my new lucky number. Um, you might break my nine episode streak right now so i really hope so um harry and hermione are standing behind hagrid and are struggling through a patch of what this is in the grump scene you need me to set the stage um is it like specifically the type of plant or just like yes only thing I can think of is like general things like I don't know I don't know you give up I'm just gonna say you know bushes <laughs> no yep um not grass oh I never would have remembered that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um what kind of potion were they making in potions class shit I feel like I read that I've talked about this obviously <laughs> um I know, because I was going to write this down or something. Shrinking? No. I give up. Invigoration drops. You would not have guessed that, to be honest. Um, <gasps> what? I'm sorry. Never mind. I'm going to tell you after. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Way to just edge the audience like that. <laughs> um, what I'm so fucking col- right now. Go ahead. Oh, my God. No, I'm sorry. What color... Is the Quidditch cup described as? Silver? Yes! Yay! Guess what my last question is? What is it? What is chapter 34 of Defense and Magical Theory called? I'm so irritated I didn't see it. I knew <laughs> I wrote it down. I should look. Um, you, it was your question too! <laughs> well, I 
have it written down. Do I retaliation and negotiation. Do I technically get the other half of the point for that? You still win, but it's like, haven't we done that? Like, if we have the same question, well, we then we would the tie, right? Or no, no, it, I would still okay, win. I still win. I'm still you giving can. myself the other half. Sure, point. go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Sweetie. Well, to sorry. Today. That was condescending. <laughs> today. My, yes! I don't know how many episodes streak you won. Oh my God. Three to two. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Yeah. So thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of Ron and Hermione Minus oh my a God, Romance. I'm and <laughs> be sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Ron and Hermione Minus a Romance or on Twitter at Ron underscore Hermione MTR. Shoot us an email at VulcanOffBones at Gmail and rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We appreciate you all very much and be sure to tune in next week where we'll be covering chapters 31, 32, and 33 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Thank you.